Hi guys, my name's Alan Barrett and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Grenade and you're listening to the first episode of our brand new podcast, Pull the Pin. Now I've done lots of these podcasts before, so we thought it'd be a good idea to try and do our own. What could possibly go wrong? Now the team aren't mad enough to let me do this all by myself, so we've actually roped in some... Uh, some well, I would I would say some responsible adults, but we haven't managed to do that. So we've actually got our guest presenter, Irish DJ and Grenade ambassador Marty Gilfoy. Alan, thanks for having me. You're welcome, welcome. Uh, and also we've got it says here it says my good friend Lee Wilcox, which is just that's just bollocks. That's not true at all. Um, but Lee is the CEO of social media community on the tools. I've been told I can't say on the tools. I'm going to say it anyway just to annoy him. Uh, but it's now called Electric House. Hello, Lee. Hello. Yeah, I I agree. The whole friend thing. When people say uh, you're friends with Alan, I'm like I know him. Yes. We just know each other. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it. It, it ends there. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of the podcast is we're going to talk about all things entrepreneurial. This one, we've got the backstory of Grenade. If you're interested in business or brand, fairly bad bad jokes, offensive language, and just our take on, on the world, then you're in the right place. So, uh, yeah, let's make a start. The imaginations run wild. <laughs> I'm not quite sure I've grown up yet. To be <laughs> the yeah. irony of the whole thing here is that I'm a radio DJ and I have a business degree. <laughs> so, but, like every shop in the local area is trying to sue me for loss of footfall for like oh, 15 grand each. Yeah. Go bankrupt in style. It was amazing because it's just so different from anywhere else I've travelled. I uh, apologise to the fans, you'd not like to get a sensible answer from either of us. This is where we go. Off you go. We begin. Alan, we're going to start off with you. Tell me a bit about Alan as a teenager growing up and where it all began. At the point that you said, I want to own my own business. I'm not quite sure I've grown up yet. To be <laughs> You're definitely uh, not a teenager. If, 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 you I, look ever, like if one, I ever but... grow up, you'll be the first to know. Uh, okay, so my dad always had his own business. Uh, and I guess I was, I, I was never going to go into that business because he was a heavy goods vehicle mechanic. So I wasn't really interested in that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not very practical at all. And I, I don't really want to know how things work mechanical. I just want them to work. So I was never going to do that. And it was very long hours and a dirty job for very low pay. And I don't, I don't think as well he particularly enjoyed it. He did it because he was good at it, but he never really enjoyed it. Um, so I was always interested in health and fitness and weight training and stuff from an early age. So I was always going to probably gravitate towards something along the lines of health and fitness. I originally thought about being a physiotherapist or something, but frankly, I'm not clever enough. Um, so I couldn't do that. But yeah, I, I went to a gym on work experience when I was 14 and I just got hooked with going to the gym. Because 14, was, is there not, is there not, do you have to be 16 to join a gym now? Or is that just uh, well, thing? Uh, I don't know, maybe in other laws against in Ireland? Can you not go to a gym? I think it's against an Ireland. You probably looked older than 16. Irish, Irish, if it should be an Irish law if it's not an Irish law. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, probably I think it was, it, it was probably a bit of a grey area because I guess, mm-hmm. Maybe back then, what was that, early 90s? Probably people under the age of 16 weren't going to be interested in going to a gym or it wasn't really a thing. Um, But all of my kind of heroes, and I was a teenager, were like Van Damme and Schwarzenegger and Dolph Lundgren, and they were all, I was really skinny, so they were all uh, a lot better looking and better built than me. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd go and do something about it. So I went to this gym at 14 years old and work experience. I trained a bit at home, didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I was just under 11 stone when I first went to the gym. 
And uh, these guys took me under their wing and I did three weeks of work experience and I just loved it. And then they gave me free membership for a year, probably illegally, to your last point. <laughs> yeah. um, probably a claim. I'm not trying to get anybody into yeah, it. Right. Probably a claim in there somewhere. Can we make a retrospective claim 20 years later? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll make a, note, make a note. We'll sue them. Make a note of that. Um, and uh, it's actually closed now anyway, so we can't. Um, but yeah, I went and I, I just loved it. And then I was, I was hooked on going to the gym. And then I ended up dropping out of my education and leaving... Uh, dropping out of A-levels mm-hmm. to go and work in that gym on minimum wage, which I just loved. And everyone said I was mad. Which, no, but if you were doing something that you loved, why not? Absolutely, yeah. That, and I was I was learning. So I've, and I've talked a lot about this probably on podcasts in the sense that I was, uh, education as such, formal education wasn't really for me, but I do like learning, but I mm-hmm. like learning things that I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think this whole health and fitness industry with, I call them spit and sawdust gyms because they were kind of really down and dirty. Rusty. Yeah, rusty. Yeah, yeah, kind of really dingy gyms, not the health clubs that we have today. And I think, you know, that they were the gyms that you went to. If you went to join a gym, maybe kind of a council run leisure centre or something like that. But yeah, all the gyms we know today weren't around. So it was just a very different environment. And you get, I mean, certainly the gym I was at, a real mix of, criminals and um, <laughs> just normal people and just you know, there were a few kind of entrepreneurs and business owners and millionaires and stuff so uh-huh. real probably odd mix of people but it just it just gelled together so it was just they were just really fun times yeah it, it's interesting for me because when I was a teenager and I joined a gym you know and it was something that I really enjoyed doing you know it put me in a good mindset and stuff but like I can't figure out what point when, when you were a teenager in the gym that you went right grenade <laughs> uh, yes, do you know what I mean? Like I've never had one of those moments in the gym where I'm lifting a dumbbell and I go like, let's start a nutritional company or like. <laughs> yeah, so there was there was a, a bit of a, a gap with that, I guess, in the sense that um, I, I I just I, I loved it and I was learning and I think I, I started to do these and I go to the gym and do this sort of stuff because no one else was doing it mm-hmm. and I've always been interested in doing what other people aren't doing. I wasn't other people aren't doing. I wasn't interested in you know rugby and cricket and football and all that type of stuff because it was kind of very mainstream. So. I've always tried to do things where other people aren't. I think it's part of probably being a, an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was actually, still am, quite a, a poor eater. I've never really got much of an appetite. The guys will all laugh because they'll say that they always see me eating. But, <laughs> I, 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 you know, e- eating and nutrition, I always found quite difficult um, when I first started training. So I was really inter- interested in supplements. And supplements then weren't really a thing. There were a few, again, this is early 90s, and there were a few supplement brands out there and I just like the idea of convenience of just kind of having a powder and mixing it up and drinking protein you know rather than eating chicken and eggs and, mm-hmm. and stuff I just found it easier so I was interested in early supplement brands and nutrition and then when I went to work for this gym uh, which was Lakeside Fitness Centre in Kings Norton in Birmingham next door to there there were a company called Biocare and they manu- manufactured supplements and I was interested in supplements and I got chatting with a guy that owned it one day and he made us a whey protein and he made us early supplements you know back then in what it was 1994 something like that uh, and I ended up setting up a distribution business for those supplements in the UK and also importing American-made sports nutrition over from the US uh, things like uh, EAS, Metrex, ProLab, um, uh, those those type of brands and selling it distributing it in the UK and that was where the supplement business came from and then I ended up being you know a middleman for American brands in between them and the, these these gyms I mentioned earlier, and then I, I we we did well at the 
the, the business. And that's when I met my wife in 2004 with this business called Fusion. And um, we kind of fell out of love with it. We were always getting squeezed from both ends. And we, we could see a lot of good product that was badly marketed. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and worse than that, we could see a lot of bad product that was well marketed and both of which are a bit scary. And then, and there, a lot of the stuff was probably unnecessary. A lot of supplements that were out there, we just thought we'd, we'd perhaps focus on the basics. And my background then at that point was um, uh, weight management and product formulation stuff. And I'd always had a keen interest in that. So we came up with a weight loss formula in, this would have been in 2006 and knew we had a good formula but we didn't want to just stick it in some generic white tub and put it on a shelf with everything else. And I knew from working in gyms at that point that a lot of the other weight loss products had all got very complicated and scientific sounding names that people couldn't remember. So I I actually gave some of these uh, capsules to a friend of mine who was training for the military at that time. And he was doing, um, he was doing like a a special forces selection and I gave him some uh, capsules and uh, I said, let me know what you think of those. And he, and he he fed back and he said, it was like I'd swallowed a grenade. So I thought, okay, that's what a brilliant name. So uh, looked into this name and we managed to protect the name in the UK. So we started actually protecting the name and the IP from 2006 until 2010. And we didn't actually launch the brand until 2010. Um, And and because it wasn't just a matter of getting the name, we also wanted to get the the, the bottle to look like a, a grenade. We've actually got yeah. this this sort of stuff. Basically, that's my, that's so, my first memory yeah. of grenade. Anyway, yeah. Well, ever, sure. I mean, this is still probably the top selling weight loss product really? in the yeah. UK. So we've sold this to about 135 countries. Uh-huh. Lost count of how many capsules, but hundreds of millions. So, and it still does extremely well. And that was the first product. And to be honest, that was the only product we ever wanted. We wanted to be the Red Bull of sports nutrition. We thought we'll have one product that is everywhere that everyone knows, and the product will be the brand, and it's totally protectable, and no one can copy it. And, you know, and that's all we'll need. And and that lasted for about two years. So we, we, we did that for two years and nothing else. And the product became so popular, we started to get asked for more products, which we then subsequently did. So we did a pre-workout called 50 Caliber. And then we, we kind of focused on specialised sports nutrition. And the, the, uh, w- the problem with that being then that all the places that we could get these products, like GNCs and Holland and Barrett and Amazon and Tesco Nutricenter, we, we quickly got and we became the, the top seller, but then there was nowhere else to go because you're never going to go into a petrol station or a convenience store and buy a 50, 60 pound weight loss product uh-huh. that's probably sold with some assistance. So we, we, we decided then to um, take some of the technology and what we'd learned and staying true to our let's be the Red Bull of sports nutrition idea and, and actually condense the technology really into a into like a, a protein bar so high protein low sugar most important got that grenade name on that people had come to love and trust and and they remembered but then a product that's two pounds fifty you can put everywhere so mm-hmm. we started to put them into petrol stations and at the time there were 60 gnc stores and i think there's ten thousand petrol stations so all of a sudden then in 2015 we had all this white space ahead of us which we'd never really had before with sports nutrition, because like I said, we'd, we'd run out of places to go. Mm-hmm. And the brand was growing, and it's still growing, and it's a really important part of our heritage. And it gives us the authority and the authenticity to go and do other things. But certainly now, we, we've really now become a, a, a protein bar business, uh, like more of a functional food brand. And you know, we're disrupting the confectionery industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee, we'll get to you in a second regarding yeah, yeah, where, yeah. It, uh, where it all began. We have for you asked you here well. for a reason. No, yeah. no, it's interesting, isn't it? I love yeah. the fact that the name came 
from where the name from, came from. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love it. Um, so interesting. Something that really interests me, though, is the transition, say, like you said, from the weight loss product into the other products. Because even when I would use the the whey protein powder now at home, people are like, oh, grenades do whey as well, you know? And back when I first learned about grenade, back, like you said, all those years ago, I associated it with, with the capsules, you yeah. know? Was that transition hard to kind of get people on board with the newer products? Yeah, really hard, actually. I think, and certainly... Because we were almost, we had to keep all of our existing partners happy who knew us as a sports nutrition business mm-hmm. and, the, and the existing consumers happy that loved everything we made. But then also find an entirely new audience and put these healthier snacks, you know, high protein, low sugar snacks, uh, bars, then drinks in front of them who didn't know us from a sports nutrition brand or uh, had, had found perhaps sports nutrition a, a bit off-putting in a way. Because it was a bit scary and they didn't understand it. Oh. And I mean, you know, that one of the comments I used to get a lot was, oh, I would love to take your stuff, but I'm not in the military. And oh, people just yeah. thought that we only work with the military, which we still do, but we kind of got a bit pigeonholed in it. Mm-hmm. So now we've, we've, we've almost got two different businesses, but one brand, if that makes sense. So we've got our sports nutrition side, which is, you know, very edgy product for military and professional athletes and you know everyday gym goers you know and, and athletes up to olympic standard because mm-hmm. it's covered most of it's covered under informed sport and then on the other hand then we've got probably people maybe 50 60 70 percent of which maybe don't even train but they're you know walking through an airport and they're they're hungry and they want something that's better for them and they don't want a chocolate bar or they don't want a sandwich or a pasty and they're actually grabbing a protein bar and they're having something that's a couple hundred calories mm-hmm. It tastes nice. It's like eating a chocolate bar, but it's not like having all the saturated fat, sugar, and calories. Uh-huh. And, and there's those people. That's me. And yeah. that's how I know <laughs> yeah. the brand. You know, so mine oh. wasn't from the sports nutrition. It was from from the bars. It was from it, like it's it's, it's interesting because that's exactly how I know the brand. I don't know the brand from yeah from the grenade shaped. And to that point, we could definitely tell you don't train. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That was fairly obvious the minute you walked in. <laughs> it's actually worth pointing out. Leah's already let us down. Um, bearing in mind he is the CEO of, of On The Tools because earlier we needed an adjustable spanner um, and he, he wasn't, well, not he wasn't here. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so actually, I, I, I have used a huge wrench, so you've already let us down. So Thanks well, I've for got that. A, I've got baggy hoodie on so that you just, you know, I'll go, I, I train. Well, I thought you'd come around just with loads of just 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 a tool belt on all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 anyone yeah, needed, it. spirit level no, or I'm a hammer. The, They're the only two things the, I actually know how to use. Uh, if a hammer doesn't solve it, then I'm, I'm the wrong man for When the you job. mentioned earlier on, you were like, I don't like the... Uh, to understand how things are built, I just like them to work. That's me. Like, uh, but I own a company called On the Tools, and I'm if you stick a hammer or a drill in my hand, oblivious. Yeah, that's not hard to believe. Mm. On the Tools really interests me because I only learned about you yesterday. Um, so this is why I'm really excited to talk to you. We heard about Alan, you know, when a teenager joined the gym. That's where I started for him. Where did I start for you, Lee? Uh, drunk. <laughs> Yeah, so it was Friday night. Are you drunk now? No, I'm not okay, drunk now. It's actually the same drove. thing in England as was in Ireland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so me and me and Adam, and so Ad was in the trade, he was in there, you know, he's in the trade for 12 years. So we were getting drunk Friday night in my garden five years ago. We've been old school friends, known him since we were like nine or something like that. Um, go on family holidays with each other and stuff. But he was moaning about the fact he couldn't find a plaster on the job he had. And I was just adamant that there's got to be something out there that would allow contractors and subcontractors to connect with each other and you know you had things like checker trade rated people but it was all b2c vetted tradespeople in your house it wasn't contractor subcontractor on site and and what we quickly realized was that it's just you go through your phone book um or you go to an agency and and 
the agencies didn't have a good rep. It was like everyone felt like they were getting stole off, whether it be the 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 trading at, at getting a couple of quid lost off his head, or whether you were the contractor and paying more for someone that you didn't know whether they were going to turn up or whatever. And he was at the point where he would just have you got you got so um, foreman breathing down your neck saying this needs doing. He's like, he said, I've took people on and they've, he said, honest, they've turned up on the morning with the tools in like a white plastic, like a Morrison's bag. He said, and I'm looking at him thinking like... Maybe this, they bought them from Morrison's. Yeah, <laughs> like, this guy, this guy is not going to be able to do this job, but they're going to look like they're doing the job. I'm going to uh-huh. put them on the job because I need a body in that room. And he said, it just got, gets to the point where you, you, you know that you're not being as, as productive as what it could be. So we, we got drunk anyway and came up with this idea just to build an app that would allow people to connect that was it um and but we were broke like we had like no money whatsoever i i was like divorced living back at my parents in like ridiculous amounts of debt um uh and ad was on the tools you know he was he was grafting weekends he was working away in glasgow in london so we just rinsed out three credit cards to try and get this thing built and Mm. realized we had no money for marketing so we were like well ad had the bright idea of of it was around about the time where you had like these publishers on social, like Lab Bible, Unilad, that were mm-hmm. popping with these like v- short form viral videos that were um, getting quite a lot of high growth through, you know, it's like you've been frame style-esque content. And he was like, we've got loads of videos that we share on site. You know, uh, he had like four. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but they were a really good four. Yeah, a really good four. Yeah. But, so I spent a couple of weeks just looking through YouTube, social and, and like ripping videos and reposting. And then after that, we just landed on something that, like a, a niche of people, just a big one, that had no place oh, across so yeah. niche. When I heard about this for the first time yesterday, I was like, wow. <laughs> we just had that fight. People wanted that five minutes of fame. So after those first two weeks, people were just sending content in because um, they just wanted to be featured on the page. That was yeah. it. And then we were like, if we can get 100,000 people in within 12 months, we'll launch it, we'll be rich. It was like such a, a basic shit business plan, but... That was the thought process on it. And then after three months, we had like a quarter of a million people. We were growing at 40,000, 50,000 people a month. And uh, yeah, and now it's grown into something that that really we're the, the voice of the industry. And, um, you know, we're trying to change how, um, you know, what access they have and uh, who's supporting them. They're a, they're a lost industry. They're a lost group of people in terms of uh, the, the access they have to things, you know, pensions, tool theft, insurance. There's so many things that they don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we've now got that voice where we can work with brands, we can create content, we can try and solve problems. That's sort of what we try and do. You touched on something there that's so interesting, you know, for, for somebody who wants to become an entrepreneur like yourselves. And you literally were just so blunt and so honest. You were like, I was broke. I had no money. Um, at that point, you kind of go, this is like, I'm so out of my depth here. Or is that kind of like a, a thing that kind of drives you to really go and do it? Yeah, like I, had the, not, I remember having the... So I, scary, yeah, bear in mind. So I've like, I've had this life where I've like gone to uni, dropped out of there because it was just thick and then didn't really know why I'd gone there in the first place. And then <laughs> went back in my bag and was like, I'm going to get kicked out, like go back to my parents. And then uh, I get married, I move out, I have a family and then mm. I go back to square one again. I'm at my mum and dad's and I'm like, I'm, I'm like borderline bankrupt. And I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. 
but I've got this idea where I go, well, I can either go bankrupt or I can have one last slog at this and go bankrupt, like, fighting with it. Yeah. Go bankrupt in style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I noticed the words, well, when you said about it being thick, no one, we didn't challenge no, you No, on no that. one challenged you. No, it's fine. And like, that was uh, a fact. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is a Except fact. Except it's a fact. We didn't say, no, you're not thick. It's the fact. irony of this whole factual. thing is like, yeah, that yeah. the irony of the whole thing here is that I'm a radio DJ uh, and, a, and a club and festival DJ and I have a business degree. <laughs> that's yeah. the irony yeah. of this whole thing oh, you that, know? that is that is quite ironic exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and then i know there's the famous story with you alan about how i think about 27 pounds is that where you started uh, yeah we, so we started we, we had 500 pounds we had a, a pass we had a loan from the uh, uk trade investment for 500 pounds it was called passport to export the irony being that they'd lend you the money provided you could prove you'd already spent the money so you had to have five hundred quid to spend, and then they'd lend you five hundred pounds. So it was a bit weird, but so we and you you had to spend it, I think, on a a show as well. So we 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 did Body Power as our first show, but yeah, we were quickly down to twenty seven pounds, and 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 everyone says, you know, how how do you run a business on that? But you know, there were two of us. We were taking no salary, working from home. I'm sure you were as well, Lee. You just it's surprising what you can do with with yeah. no, no money. And actually, I think it's better having no money and being creative and really having to think about mm. how you can disrupt people who do have money. Because I think if you had got money to spend, you'd go and spend it. Therefore, you'd end up doing what everyone else was doing. So I think it, it makes you do something differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, like you said, Lee, you know, what have you got to lose? So, uh, you know, and at, and at one point, I mean, okay, you know, we, we'd, we'd got a house and, and a mortgage and whatever. And, you know, Jules and I had a genuine conversation about, it, it, you know, if we lose the house, we lose the house. But... You know, at least we're together. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll go and get a one bedroom bed sit somewhere, and we'll go and do something else. So I think you've just, as long as you're really prepared for the worst thing that can go wrong, and you do your best to protect the downside. You know, some of these things you've just absolutely got to go for it. And you probably say the same as well. I'd rather, I'd rather regret something I've done that didn't work than regret not doing it. Uh huh. And um, body power. Yeah, wow. What was the reaction? Like uh, the yeah. So power? the thing is, so we're, so body power comes up, and and uh, this is in May two thousand and ten. So we've launched the brand, and you know it's people people like it, but they're not necessarily buying it. People are quite skeptical. The, the initial feedback actually we got, bearing in mind this is quite a gimmicky industry, certainly sports nutrition. Yeah. Was they thought it was too gimmicky? So as in with the whole like. The tank and... The... Uh, yeah, we hadn't got the tank at that point. So oh, this okay. is just the grenade bottle. They just found it quite gimmicky. And I think that they, I think consumers have been a bit spoiled maybe with the perception, perhaps again from back at the time in the 90s, some of the American brands, as I said, you know, very well-marketed brands, not necessarily good product. And I think, you know, what we had here, we had good product, well-marketed, which actually was quite unusual. So people... I think wanted to hate it. They wanted to think it was a bad product in nice packaging and that mm. people were just paying for the packaging and there was no substance to it. But actually we did a lot of sampling and when people realised this was actually a really good product, um, it, it started to get a really good following. You know, There's no such thing as a magic pill, but certainly it, it helped and it helps with all the things that we know people struggle with with regard to dieting. So, um, yeah, it's not gonna you're not going to lose weight if you're just eating too much and not training. But people actually start to see the benefit of it. And then we decide we can do this fitness show and there's two of us. And uh, we, so we spent £12 on two T-shirts. So it's grenade, <laughs> olive green, which I still have. Uh, I've still got... If anyone's seen, somewhere, are they? If anyone's seen the image I posted yesterday on LinkedIn, yeah, I'll have them so I'll probably still wear them. I, I don't like throwing away clothes. <laughs> and I'm not known from fashion sense, to be perfectly honest. 
don't say anything, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we had these like olive green grenade t-shirts, which actually people loved. And at that point, we probably could have become a clothing brand because people just loved the clothing, but it wasn't our area of expertise. And we thought, you know, how can we stand out at this show? Because everyone's seen it all before. Mm-hmm. And you've got companies there who've just got money to burn and they'll spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on their booths and staff and athletes. And there's Formula One racing cars in there. And, you know, how do you stand out? So we thought, well, a friend of mine's got a tank. I'll see if he'll lend it to us. <laughs> So I, I, I rang up I rang up Nick and I said, can we borrow your tank? Because, yeah, it's fine. So it's I a think, phone yeah, call. Can I borrow your tank? Well, I thought it was actually going to be quite a difficult phone call. And when I said, oh, can we borrow your tank? It's like, yeah, how many do you want? Shaking, taking up the phone. So it's like, oh, lovely, we'll have three. And we're, 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 if somebody rang me looking to borrow my car, I'd be like, no, like, let alone a tank. Like, yeah. um, and we got it delivered into the NEC for like 400 quid delivered. On the back of a low loader. <laughs> it's dirt cheap. And um, yeah, so we go in and like we drive this tank into the NEC and we set all the smoke alarms off because it's billowing smoke because everyone knew we'd arrived. Which is and good. Then, yeah. And great. then people were like, this guy's over there, got a frigging tank parked in the corner. <laughs> so and I think we were just, you know, we got a great product and we're having fun and we just, we got cut through. And at that particular show, there were some guys, there were some Americans that come over this show and one of these guys happened to know the buyer for GNC in the US and he emailed him a picture and this guy got in touch and he said, you know, I'm the buyer for 3,300 fitness stores, you know, in the US. I've, I've, I've seen 120 products a week. Yours stood out. Shall we talk? What's it like getting that email? That, well, it was amazing. But then we're thinking, is that the okay, moment this, where you're like, this is it. Like, we're really going I somewhere. I think we, we always thought we'd got something in it. I think we always had that belief. And I, you, I don't know if you must have had this, Lee, it's... You know, it's hard. You just believe in it so much. No matter yeah. how many people tell you it's a terrible idea, which they do, <laughs> family and friends, oh, why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, including my own dad's door, you know, you were wasting your life and go and get a proper job and, and stuff. So, but I think you just have this fervent, fervent belief that you're doing the right thing. And it's really hard to explain as an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. You just get this gut feeling and you just think, we're going to make this work. So, um, yeah, there were, there were two of us. And all of a sudden, you've got these Americans. And it sounds great. It was a great email. But again, we've still got no money. We've got no premises. We've got no staff. We've got no American products. We've <laughs> got, got no a really distrib- good email. distribution. <laughs> we've got a great email <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from, from Bob and Elian, <laughs> who's since left. Um, but it, it actually took us a year then to make American products. And we had to go and then really then start doing the proper business steps mm. of distribution and learning how to make stuff and ship stuff. And, you know, where there's two of you, and again, I'm sure you've done this as well, Lee, where you just you have to learn. There's two yeah. of you, divide and conquer, and, you know, you just split the responsibilities. You've done every role, yeah. and, and that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? And then you get to the point where you have to hand bits of it over, and then you keep holding it for a bit long. It's like, oh, I quite like doing this bit, and uh, you get uh-huh. good at it or whatever, and it's that's the growth bit, isn't it, where you, you've done every you're, bit. You're good at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need a no, tumbleweed no. emoji. I'm good at, I'm good at, yeah, <laughs> I'm good at starting things for about a week or two, and then I'm good at getting rid of it and letting someone who's actually got the capabilities that, of that, passing it over. That, Lee, is a fantastic skill. The art of delegation. Yeah, if I you used can, to be shit at it as well. But uh, now, I remember you said this before. You said you actually weren't very good at delegation, yeah, but yeah. I think it, entrepreneurs are quite good at finding things to do where mm. there isn't necessarily something to do, and making it a job that someone else can do. And I think the art of actually identifying something needs to be done, learning what needs to be done, handing it over to someone who'd be better at doing it, yeah. frankly, yeah. is a real skill, and that's actually quite rare with entrepreneurs. So that that's that's a real pleasure. I can see why that'd be tough though to hand it yeah. over if you'd think you're capable of doing it yourself like you've done so much your, yourself to then have to hand over some of the responsibility I can see why that would be difficult like, I think it's the transition thing as well from like going into I've, I've not been an entrepreneur or ran businesses from the point that I don't know that I left school I've always had it in me I've tried like <laughs> I've tried loads of stupid things uh, but like what? what have you tried like are you a hustler do you hustle 
I've tried, <laughs> I've had so many different jobs and tried so many like side. So I've tried loads of did different you sell like clothing. Your body down at the docks. Yeah, I did do that. Okay. Was that was that <laughs> one that was successful? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was cheap as well. Um, but I've I've t- tried to do like clothing brands before. But even like the and I, I I look back at these things and I go, why did I try and do it like that? Why don't I do it a different way? But it always comes back to this thing of being an entrepreneur. I think so. Like I had no car, didn't really have much money, so. What I did at that point was I got someone to do the designs as a favour. Someone else I knew ran a like a printing company, so I got them done as like on tick. And then I got a bag and I got on the bus and I trawled Birmingham like high street sort of like independent fashion. And when uh, you say when you say on tick, I'll translate for Marcy. Marcy's looking confused. Does that, mean, does that mean you didn't pay for it? So you got it on credit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah, what? So I'll translate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually probably quite dangerous having someone who's very brummy. Actually, two people are quite brummy, you more than me, and actually someone who's very Irish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not it's sure. Funny, if, it's I'm, funny because, like, um, <laughs> anyone who meets me from outside of Ireland is surprised when I tell them I'm Irish. Honestly. I don't believe that. I swear, <laughs> swear no, that, to God. They're being sarcastic, this, this week I've gotten Australian and I've been asked am I American, genuinely, in the last seven days. You, I can no. understand... Australian American getting mixed up a bit, but not Irish. But no, no, I'm with you on that no. one. I don't know, like, but then again, when you hear people, my, I'm allowed you hear two people Irish like accents. Alan walking around doing his imitation of an Irish accent, I can see why they would. Mix Which is amazing. Up. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, the one. Six, that's the second one. No, the oh first, yeah, we're done there. That's how you saw. The first one we might edit out, so I think this is probably the first one, and I think I'll probably have one other. But to be fair, it's my podcast. I'll do it if I want. Yeah, so you sound like what do you mean take it out when you do it? You sound like you're not editing this, are you? Oh, we might have to edit some of it out. I mean, we'll edit. We'll edit let's face it, we'll edit mostly edit out Lee. Yeah. Until he says some, something of, it, of, of interest. We're still waiting for that. Well, bit. yeah, that's probably not going to happen. But if we get anything, if he says anything interesting, great. But if not, we'll just just pretend he's not here. We'll just what we'll do is I've got like a, a teddy bear upstairs. We'll put that here, like a cardboard cut out or something. I, honest to God, even though we've spent the, like come over here, if that happens, I would love it that I go I go to watch it and it's just a teddy bear. It's just, just, it's just a cardboard <laughs> cut out. <laughs> Um, earlier on Alan was talking about how uh, he just knew he had something that was going to do well he really felt like he had an idea and I talked to so many people who are performers or music or like yourselves entrepreneurs and you get the cliche answer it's like did you ever think at what point did you think this was going to blow up and they always say 99% of them oh I never expected it it just happened didn't expect that to happen would you be in that category or was there a point where you kind of went I definitely have something here I think you, I think you're waiting for it. So like, if if you think about the idea you've got, or the, the you want to try and run or whatever, you, then then you've got this idea. You, you obviously believe in it, and then you're waiting for the point, maybe as an inexperienced, like naively. I wouldn't now. I think early on, I was probably like, oh, when I get to this point, that means I'm there. But you mm-hmm. get to that point, and you're like, you didn't know shit. You, uh, this means you just like one percent or like yeah, it's further to go. Yeah. I think. The belief bit was interesting. So, like, I agree with you on that, Alan. Like, in so, like, I had a bit where we, I was still working uh, full time, coming home, operating the page, replying to people, doing all these things, but we we're making no money. So, uh, Andy, our commercial director, always jokes, he's always like, likes don't pay the bills, like, they never have, they never will. And um, we got to like half a million, something like that. And Loads of people were asking for merch. So we were like, okay, there's a revenue model here. Maybe we can That's do merchandise. merch. That's merchandise. Yeah, sorry, oh, no. merchandise. Try, try yeah. and keep up. Try, try and keep up. up. We didn't get my tick this time, though. Uh, yeah, he, so he paid for them. We paid for them. But we, we set up a... We asked the audience to come up with, like, funny slogans for six main trades, like Sparky Plumber. Um, so Sparky's an electrician. electrician. Okay, um, gotcha. 
I'm following. I'm getting. Yeah. Like, uh, it must be like must be like doing this in just a completely foreign language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. only here to learn. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, then um, yeah. and then we went through the feed, picked the best designs, and set up a shop within like two days. I we did 800 quid's worth of sales in the first week, and I just went in and quit my job. I was like, I've done it. Okay. And everyone was like, "You are mental! Mad, like, yeah. what is wrong with you? You, you're quitting a job to go and like sell t-shirts? Of, like, it's no, not even anything to do with what you're doing. Like, what are you? Like, what is it?" And I was like, "Don't know, but it's something." And it, it just feels, feels, right, feels right. It feels right. Yeah. 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 The feels first right. orders in like black bin liners from my mom's living room. Uh, the people who got those first orders must just thought, "What on earth is this?" <laughs> what like, did I pay probably for still are. To be brown honest. masking tape, black bin liners. Who's <laughs> 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 who's packed this? What, what was it? You probably did like massive sales at Halloween, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. People just reusing stuff. But yeah, and I just knew there was something there. And then that first month, we did fifteen grand's worth of sales. And but, I was like, "Is to everyone?" Yeah. And then, and then it went down a little bit because you know, after Christmas, January kicked in, and I was like, "What's happened?" What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bottoms yeah. fell out. You sold a t-shirt to everyone who wanted one, and then you ran out of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think yeah. though, with with that, I mean, the the belief's an interesting one. I think with a brand, I think with a brand, you never quite know what you've got. To be honest, I think a brand evolves and could be whatever you want it to be. And you're probably finding that certainly where I know you've got some rebranding coming up you'll probably want to talk about. But I think certainly for us, I thought the whole weight loss thing would probably get bigger quicker. And I thought, oh, you know, this is going to go mad in America. Americans are going to love this and, and stuff. And it, it does do well in the States, but I think not as well as it thought. What I didn't think would happen was we'd end up launching a protein bar that would compete with the best-selling chocolate bars in the world. Yeah, gotcha, I didn't yeah. think that would happen if someone had said, you know, you'll be one of the top-selling chocolate bars. Um, but again, it's still just part of the evolution of, of, a, of a brand. And I still think with Grenade, we probably were learning a lot all the time and evolving and adapting. And I don't think we quite know what we've got yet. And mm. I think, you know, maybe the thing that makes Grenade absolutely globally monumental, we haven't thought of yet and we haven't launched yet. And maybe that's the same, you know, for you. I love that. I love the fact that, you, that I think there's something in that. Though. Like we always say that we're uh, perfectly imperfect. Like we're not, we're not the best business. We're just a great group of people that have got this like bond of togetherness that go, actually, if we fail quick enough and then realise what we did wrong and then try and alter it quickly, then we'll probably go along the right way. But that that imperfection is what makes us like really great. Mm -hmm. We just don't, we're not precious over it. Do we do things in the most polished way? No. Like, mm -hmm. but that's not me. Like, you, you know. Yeah, me, yeah. Like, you've yeah. got to be, a, a brand's an extension of the founder and certainly you, you've you got to be you and that, that certainly that, you need that injection of personality into a brand and I think there's a distinct lack of personality in, in the world today but you said something actually really interesting uh, there. That, that, there's your first one, something interesting yeah, yeah. is it has happened. Um, <laughs> something interesting in the sense that you said, you know, you, you, you'll get it wrong and you'll learn mm -hmm. and I think it's worth touching on this because I know we've got some questions that will uh, we've been asked by by listeners and I get asked this quite a lot quite a lot in terms of failure people are really scared to start businesses aren't they and all mm -hmm. the people that have said to you why you're doing it you're mad they're probably scared for you but they're scared for themselves because yeah. it, it, it's that leap into the unknown and everyone likes the safety net of doing you know having a, a job or doing it that that comfort salary, blanket. Like, yeah. yeah which is absolutely fine I'm not criticizing that everyone likes that safety mm -hmm. net but I think if you want to try and do something truly remarkable that's different you have certainly got to get out of your comfort zone personally I've never liked being in a comfort zone whenever I've you know my last business my distribution business did really well when I got comfortable I sold it yeah because it actually starts to get easy you start to get complacent you can't have complacency in business. Other, other as well. Like, it does. Yeah. It does get boring. Mm -hmm. And and again, other other people catch you up. Unless you are always fear is a great thing. If you always are a little bit scared, 
that I think gives you that edge to keep pushing and working yeah, harder and disrupting agree. yourself and learning and moving and evolving because certainly with with fear and 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 failure certainly failure is brilliant as long as it's fast yeah fast failure is a great because you learn so you get something from it as you get bigger think failure gets slower and more expensive and then it starts to get really painful so certainly learn in the early days and we're still very much learning but you know if you've learned something and it's cost you a tenner it's better than learning and it costing you a, a, a million or whatever and it's all proportionate to what you got at the time mm-hmm. and certainly we've got 500 quid a tenner is a lot of money um but i think definitely worth saying about embracing failure and failing quickly if you have a long drawn out failure it's like death by a thousand cuts yeah. and that's terrible for a business mm. and before we get some of the questions that were sent in some of them are magical by the way um, <laughs> you talk about brand evolution okay and this is something that really interests me because as an entrepreneur i can only imagine that you still want to maintain you know your personality within the brand but then sometimes there has to be an element of compromise because you mm-hmm. want the you want to succeed and you want to make money and you want to grow has there been a time where you felt that you've had to kind of compromise to push the company in the right direction i i, I don't think i've we've ever knowingly compromise the brand i think yeah we've probably done it unknowingly and realized Uh um just where we've perhaps done events that weren't quite right for us okay and it it doesn't really hurt you but Mm -hmm. it's sometimes then you think you can have a great event but you know if if it was particularly expensive or you know it wasn't as much fun as we thought we didn't quite get the, the the feedback we thought we'd get maybe we you know we'd look back and say we wouldn't do that again i think there's probably a time and a place you know, for a, a personality with, within business. And I think if if the personality of the, not just the founder, but the team, because it's all an extension of the same thing, you know, so if your team personality, let's say, if that's resonating well within products and at that moment in time and resonating well with consumers, that's brilliant. Why would you change it? Yeah. I think, you know, times change and certainly perhaps brands that might've been popular in the seventies and eighties now wouldn't be popular because things have changed. It's a different world. So I think you have to, keep current i'd never want to change the personality of the brand just because it was fashionable at the time if that makes sense yeah i mean what would you say to that Lee? You- yeah so i mean as is if, i guess like if i think about on the tools it's that evolution of of i think we got it wrong for a, a, like probably recently for like 12 18 months hence you know i said i was gonna come on to it but hence the electric house move because yeah. what ended up happening was was that we had a brand that was built around trying to connect the construction industry and that was its purpose right i thought it was just people putting nails with their hands and people laughing and about that it. that <laughs> yeah. was like a like a sub uh, <laughs> uh a sub movement of it but so you have you have that on the front end of it and then behind the scenes we devolved into this this b2b agency that no one knew existed i remember andy going to um our commercial director went to a trade show uh, and we were, I think we had about 16 people in the team at this point, mm-hmm. and he gave someone his business card, and the guy, without saying anything, walked off, went to the back of the stand, came back with someone else, and they were both laughing their heads off, and they were like, we cannot believe that On The Tools has got a commercial director. We thought it was just some builder in his pants. Right? No way. Which it, which it, which it was. Which it was. Sharing videos of cats falling into cement mixes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and we were videos, like, though, I'm all I'm there, like, what, you know. We'll <laughs> that video, not knocking it. What are we doing wrong with the brand in its positioning when, from a B2B perspective, people just don't understand what it was. There's real, like, positive sentiment in the 
consumer or the, the the community feeling like it's being ran by a builder in his pants. I'm like, I'm like, I'm happy with that from a content yeah, I, perspective. Yeah, I don't think that's negative at that's all. That's great. Yeah. But from a B2B bit, when you've got a commercial director standing in front of someone and they're like, they're laughing at him because he exists. I'm like, God, we've got that wrong. So, so we had to evolve on the tools to make sure that it stayed as that community facing mm-hmm. and then actually launch electric house as a positioned like agency above that so now we've got electric house that is the social media and publishing agency that owns and operates the communities like on the tools and i think actually what that does then is that's going to allow on the tools to grow as a an entity within that and have its own mission it to can drive be things forward. yeah because yeah. what's been happening is actually is we've got and it's shit really because you go oh actually as a brand this is what we're going to try and solve right but behind the scenes we're an agency trying to make money with brands and create lots yeah. of content that makes money. And I'm like, we're not actually serving the purpose of what that brand it's is. It's two there. different things. No yeah, one's driving it. Yeah, 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 so yeah, that yeah. allows us that's, to that's a smart and move. do that. And the irony as well is the amount of time I've sat in that chair in my pants, exactly. I'm not actually allowed to go there. But, <laughs> yeah. that, is a, that is a tamer that, version that of the conversation that, that happened off air. No, no, no. I, just, no, I, just, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah, allowed yeah. to say a specific reference. I just no. said I sat in there in my pants. Didn't say what I was doing. And the imaginations run wild. It's a lovely chair. I'm sliding around in it a bit, but it's it's. Um, we're going to get some of the questions that came in right now, and I'm going to direct them towards both of you because uh, the fact that these were selected amongst how many was it about 600? Oh, you had about 600 questions coming up. They're still coming in as well. But the fact that fair, these are the ones that have been chosen just says a lot about the rest of the questions as well. I uh, apologise in advance. You'd not like to get a sensible answer from either of us. So I'm really sorry. No, about we're not expecting one. No, okay. we're just expecting honesty. Okay, okay always, uh, we're going to keep it serious for the first question, Alan. Okay, if you could have any celebrity endorse a grenade brand, who would it be? And you're not allowed to say Lee. That's yeah, we're definitely yeah, <laughs> celebr- cele- celebrity. I'm. I know. I thought about this one earlier, and I still want to go. I want to go the Queen. <laughs> I want to go to the Queen because I think actually I think, it's so rude of me to laugh. Like, isn't it? Because like I'm well, Ireland. No, yeah. I was told she's not a celebrity. That's just wrong. She is a celebrity. Well, celebrity is what it comes from the French word, which is well known. So there you go. Oh, okay. that, learning already. Fan didn't oh, know that. that. Good, didn't know it? that. Yeah. So does so, yeah. so, so, no, that's not true. We'll no, Google. it is we'll true. Google. It's, my my business degree was with French as well. So there you go. And as you can see, I'm using both okay. my French degree. So French by definition, well the Queen a is a celebrity. We all agree <laughs> yeah. on that. Thank yeah. you very there much. You go. By, by definition, Boom, you're, you're a celebrity. Rock. Yeah. Okay, so celebrity. And I think, yeah, if she kind of just rocked out onto the balcony at Buckingham Palace. A product which you have in her hand. Killer. Okay. Well, I, th- I mean, to think <laughs> car killer. I'd be over the moon if she was knocking back 50 cow. Well, no, but she would be too then in about half an hour, wouldn't she? Yeah, she's not about 50 cow. And then just kind of casually just sort of flicked like a car killer wrapper onto the balcony or just went just might drop i think then i think yeah we've cracked it really cracked it and yeah. is this something that you actually think that you could make happen or uh, is that a challenge well it could be a challenge because we can go down the other route of ask you like you know a question like regarding a celebrity that you actually yeah. think might happen or if you feel that this is a challenge that you're willing to accept I'm getting right a to jenny. jenny's about to make a phone have you got the queen's number so by this afternoon the queen of the 50 cal how hard can that be um i think yeah so what about you who would you yeah i'm interested in this one yeah you know what i've never are you limited about it. um yeah i guess within on the tools you can talk about it like that i mean but you could always like change it that you endorse a tool you know what I mean? Do you use that expression in England as well? Uh, what about the, the Rock using like a power drill and yeah, then on the I mean, tools that, T-shirt? That would be pretty good. <laughs> does the Rock do DIY? I bet he does. Yeah, he probably. does everything, doesn't he? Yeah, probably. Uh, who would I? I've, it's got to be some uh, like Arnold would be good for you. Arnold, Arnold would be great on the tools. Yeah, on the tools. We actually one of the early videos I always remember. It's a terrible Arnold. Uh, sorry about that. Someone doing a. Uh, uh, 
uh, an impression of him like on site, and it was absolutely banger. Um, and it did really well that for the good. page. I that banger. Banger. banger, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling banger. to understand him as well, it, so you must it, be in a well. In Ireland, we say banger for that, and we still wouldn't use that word. Yeah. Now, is it? Isn't banger actually a place? A banger yeah, is a place, and it's also okay. an explosive device. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have bangers that. over here? Actually, can I change my answer? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, so I can't say Marty Guilfoy is the person I'd like to promote grenade. We've already got him. <laughs> should have said that first, shouldn't I? Really sorry, yeah, you, you should have bottom of the list. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've no, I don't know. I, I, I'd like someone like uh, from an on the tools perspective who'd fit with it well, like someone like Danny Dyer or someone like that. Danny Dyer, just a geezer in it. He'd be like, well, Actually, the you know trade. what? I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's up for anything. I'll tell you what, so you've, got more, you'd be, you'd, 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 you've got more chance of getting Danny Dyer than we've got getting the Queen. I completely agree. Okay. I might, oh, we might be able to get Prince Harry. He'd probably be quite good. He might be able to talk her into it or vice versa. We'll allow that to be the plan B for the challenge. All right. So. Okay. 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 We're on it. Question number two, Lee, we'll start with you on this one, okay? Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Sorry, uh, a horse-sized duck. One or a 100 duck-sized horses. Oh, now, the, you need to bear in mind that, like, okay, their size is important to this question, but there is a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Totally, I'd go for the the, the horse sized duck because it, it, you know, at the end of the that's day, big, it was, it's a big duck. It's a big duck, and it's got <laughs> and I'm, uh, it's got big beak and everything, but. It's going to move relatively slowly. Sorry, I'll probably get it under its legs. And we stuff never like that, we never thought about that actually earlier on. It's not going to be. It's not going to have the strength of a horse, is it? Well, it might have. No one's ever seen a duck that big. You don't know. I mean, it's going to be pretty strong. You don't want to like. You definitely want to don't get in the way of its of its wings and stuff. But a hundred of them, a hundred, you can't, aren't you? It's like I don't think we can assume that because it's big, it's weak. I think we'll probably find that because it's got to that size in the first place. Clearly, it's been taking something. I thought you were going to say it's been having a carbonara for breakfast every day. I mean, I tell you what, then. So if that's some kind of weight training geared up MMA duck, maybe that should be the ambassador. Shit out of you. I tell you what. But a hundred of them is just going to eat oh, you alive. You'd get like, yeah, it'd be like, you'd it, just, they'd no swarm you. It's like, uh, like World War Z, isn't it? Like, you're just, like, done. Like, I agree. I'd go for, I'd go for the one big adversary. I stand more chance. I know yeah. I'm probably going to lose both of them, but the... But then, okay, have you ever, you've ever gone down to, like, the pond to feed the ducks? Yeah. And have you been more afraid to do that or then get on a horse? Have you been on a horse before? Well, they're not the size of horses when you go and feed the ducks. No, but there's still a hundred of them. If I went down to the pond and there was loads of ducks the size of a horse... I wouldn't go down to that pond. I'd run. <laughs> I don't I know. I just think a hundred. Do, do you think we've spent enough on this question? Bearing yeah. in mind everyone's now probably tuned out. Yeah. yeah. And unsubscribed. <laughs> we agree though. Tell you what though, listeners, tell us what would you rather do? I think we've gone we've gone for the giant. Duck. I'm going with the hundred though. But if You're you disagree, tell us why. Yeah, I think You're so. Mental. Like, like oh, you, you want a hundred? I'd quicker. Gonna, we're carrying on. You want a hundred? It's being swarmed by a hundred. Do you know they swar- swarm horses? Me, the like, imagine of, how fast they're going to be. Like yeah, they're little they're and they've got four the legs. legs. No, like, but then that contradicts what you're saying about the the the, the, the horse sized duck being strong. You know the kind of way like you can't. Yeah, but they're going to be fast. Aren't they? They've got four legs. They got still got the same teeth. There's, if you get bit by a horse, you know about it. And there's a hundred of them. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Totally. They're probably quite nippy. They'll be all over you. I imagine them. <laughs> they're a lot more. Yeah, very nippy. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, the big duck. I'm with you. We'll uh, we'll go back to business for this one. Tell okay. you what, we're going to sort the queen thing out. Let's do it. Let's can we get a giant duck? <laughs> yeah, and get a hundred miniature horses, <laughs> and then we'll take on a big a duck, and then we'll horses. put Marty. We'll put you in some kind of enclosure. Okay, and then we'll see who lasts the longest. And I will do that when the queen eats a carb 
killer bar. There we go. <laughs> you have my word on that one, okay? Um, back to business. Al, how do you react to copycat competitors? Oh, that's a very serious question now. Oh, yeah, this is um, <laughs> we're now back. That's we're, why we're here. We're, yeah, we're, we're back in the room. Uh, react, oh, it, you know, it used to really wind me up. And I think now it actually doesn't wind me up because it winds the team up. So I think I'm very often um, the one saying about, look, just, just let it so go. So like, real quickly, so what would you define as a copycat competitor? What do they oh, have to do we, to copycat, like to be a copycat of Grenade? I mean, they can't copy the name or the, or the brand. And I think that's really why it's important that we always do stuff that's just us that we can get away with that others don't. But I mean, they, they do copy a lot of our marketing in terms of the look and feel and flavors and oh, names okay. and colors and stuff. And in a way, I think I, I find it perhaps quite, quite funny. The thing is as well to build, I think a, 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 a brand that's, you know, doing something new and not been done before. You have to do something differently, which is we now what definitely what we've, we've both done. If then all of your competitors start doing what you're doing, all they're really doing is actually making us, bigger yeah because they're putting more because every consumer's looking at it going we well, just copying grenade so it actually makes us more credible that everyone's yeah. copying us mm-hmm. that actually be far better off going and doing something completely different uh something that we're not doing so yeah it, it, it used to annoy me but now it, yeah it doesn't really that I think, we, we now take it probably as a form of flattery i think yeah of course um for yourself lee in such a niche area it's like have you had experiences before what i like to do is i like to find who's done it i put them in a field and i set um a hundred. <laughs> um, Wait, so you have access to these animals? <laughs> no, no. Uh, an easy question for you. Uh, so we've had we've had lots of uh, like because it's a lot easier to do it through social online. Yeah. And just like rip the brand, even rip the content. Do that. I don't see it. As, I mean, you know, you get to the point. I get why you would see it as a compliment now and go like, "This is great." It builds up from our perspective. We. I don't think it does us any favors. It just, uh, yeah. Got, do you know what I mean? Because it's it, it's at such scale in video as well, in a place where actually uh, the brand isn't as strong as what Grenades is when it's mm-hmm. when it's in store and with products, etc. Yeah, like that. So enough. it's, mm-hmm. um, but we can get away with it. You know, it, they're easy to shut down online. That's the easy, that's probably the easier thing for us to do. Is okay. Once you go to the platform direct, they get rid pretty quickly. So that's that's handy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've had a few in the past with with on the tools, but. I think it's less impactful though. I think you it probably uh people probably generate revenue from doing what they do with you. They don't make necessarily make money from doing what they would do with us, but it's just frustrating. Um next question that was uh, asked uh, and you touched on Cabri's earlier on. Or I'll ask you the question a different way. We don't want to force you to say carb killer, okay? <laughs> uh, apart from carb killer. What's but your you're favorite? not leaving if you do. What's your favorite chocolate bar? Do you want to get that one first? I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not going to say a grenade one. I'm actually allowed to answer it. Or are you going to double it? No, no, no. no, no, no we'll go. We'll go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go yeah. We trust well, you enough now to. Gonna to be, let's, we're going to very heavily edit this to make you sound yeah, intelligent yeah. stuff anyway. So, okay. yeah. So, <laughs> your mouth will be um, talking and you will be saying yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's irrelevant <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. I'll be honest. I've got two. So, uh, and, and, and also, it depends um, how they're stored. So, Cadbury's standard Cadbury dairy milk in the fridge. I knew you were going to say that. I love that. love that. Very good. With a cup of tea. Cold hot, no all good. Uh, but off the shelf, I would go um, Yorkie raisin purple bar. Oh wow! Oh nice Bis- raisin and biscuit. No, I like raisin. it. That used to be. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take, honestly, yeah, yeah. The, the, mainly in like garages and things like that. You don't really find them anywhere else. It's like BP good for them. Okay. But have you ever bought a cookie before and you thought it was chocolate chip, but it was actually raisin? 
You ever had that yes. bad experience? Mm. Yeah, spat it out. Yeah, horrific experience. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the fact, I, that, you, the honest, fact that you willingly bought a raisin chocolate bar. I'm not a massive like, raisin fan, but that chocolate bar. Yeah, that's a, good. It's got a nice chewiness to it. It is a belter. To it. Yeah, it's yeah. real good. Are you agreeing with that, Al? I'm going to... Um, that used to be one of my favourite chocolate bars. I'd go now. If I was going to buy something, I love a crunchy. Oh, crunchy. I do good. like a crunchy. I used to eat a crunchy when I was a kid. Like, yeah. eat all the outside first and leave it... Definitely, yeah, I do that. Crunchy. I love a Cadbury's cream egg. Who doesn't have a Cadbury's cream egg as well? How do you eat yours, though? Uh, I, so yeah, I w- so I'd, I'd take the just take the top off, yeah, and then yeah, lick all the middle bit out, and then eat the chocolate at the end. Yeah, it's good going. That is. Yeah, is that same. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a good tactic. Yeah. I think that's the only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone disagrees with that, then you're wrong. Um, the and I like peanut M and M's. We probably can't see it in shot, but I do have uh, forty kilos of M and M's behind yeah, us. In I'm out on that one. Dispensers. Yeah. Not, not don't like peanut M and M's. Just not. You're yeah. not got a nut allergy, have you? No, no. I'm just okay. not a massive fan just of the, the M M&M and M in general. We did we did smear nut dust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The chair earlier. So if you feel uncomfortable, then that's yeah, it's kicking in. Yeah, no, I'm all right. Uh, final question that was asked in. We're getting back to business on this one. Um, what are the most important fundamentals when starting a business, in your opinion? Oh, Lee, do you want to take this one first? Do you want to think of a sensible answer? Yeah, you think. Of yeah. I'll, I'll give the dumb Wait, one. Just spit out what you're going to say. That could be way better content. Uh, give me the question again, sorry. So what are the most important fundamentals? Yeah, memories one, Lee. Memories <laughs> one, yeah. I've got terrible memory. Uh, uh, what is yeah. the... What? You, it's a tough question. Like It is tough. Yeah. I think you've got There's to... so many. Th- there is so many. I think the belief bit is... Because if, if you don't believe in it and you've got that doubt, it will just get kicked out of you at the end of the day. Well, uh, over the first six months, numerous people will have jabs and it will it will fall out. So I think the belief bit is is massive. Um, I've thought of a clever one now. Oh, go on, gonna, yeah, because I think we could, probably because there's a lot, but I think then passion. If we said one word, you've got to have passion for it. Because okay. if you don't have the passion yeah, for it, no one it. else is going to. Yeah, and that's infect that's infectious. So I think that has to that has to start your absolute passion for it. Because I think as well, I learned probably years ago that, you know, personality goes quite a long way. Uh, and I think we've certainly been able to get retailers or suppliers or whatever to do stuff for us. They probably shouldn't necessarily have done because <laughs> we couldn't pay the most or because, you know, we weren't the biggest brand or, or whatever. Mm. And, you know, we will be now. But I think they've definitely done stuff they shouldn't have done for us just because they liked us. Okay. And, and I think, you know, so being, being, but you could you could make a list of like 20. So there's all the hard work and consistency yeah, and dedication yeah. and, you know, all these attention to detail. There's just a, there's just loads. Uh-huh. And I think you kind of, but I think probably just passion for something and, and, and believing in something is probably a really important fundamental. Because if, you, if, you, if you're not passionate. Yeah, because it, I don't know what else you've I, got. I think you're right, yeah. because it actually, if you put, you, you list all the other things. I've got, I've, there's loads of them that I didn't have or don't have still. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not succeeding. Yeah, okay. Because actually the main pinpoint So what don't you have like, then? So what's not on the list? I mean, clearly uh, hard work, clearly. Hard work, <laughs> consistency, attention to detail. Attention Clip, to detail. Yeah. Lee, I'm just wondering um, when the digs are going to be put back towards Al. I'm like, you're taking them all here and you're just... He knows I'm bomb-proof. <laughs> He's bomb-proof. Bomb-proof. <laughs> bomb-proof. Oh, wow. Bomb-proof. Who says that? <laughs> oh, there we go. We got a little one there. <laughs> Who says that? I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, to round up, um, it's obviously a, a question that I have to ask you guys because some of the people listening have an idea and they really want to get it off the ground. They want to get started. Like, what advice do you give them? You know, if you have an idea, you like you said, you've got, you've ma- you only have the ability to max out credit cards. You know, what, what do you say to that person who wants to be doing what you're doing? Um, quit your job and do it. 
just quit your job and do it. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I was going to say but exactly the same. I, mean, I was going to say folly, folly, gut feeling, and, yeah. and, and if do you've it. Got that gut, then what you end up? You, yeah. You're either going to not do it and regret it forever, or half-ass do it and then end up getting to a point where you can't continue to do it and then it fails anyway. Like the only way to do, there's no. There is no magic bullet. There is yeah. there is nothing. The only way that any of these things work is by going both feet in and like bleeding it out. Commit to it. And, until yeah. something yeah. happens where you go, actually, I might be able to make a quid there. And then you go, oh, I might be able to make two or three. And then you go, like, that's the... There is no other bit to it. I don't think it's it's not too scientific, really. No, Throw yourself into so, it, well. but it's so scary though as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So so how do you get? How does a person get over that fear? I think you know it's it's probably easy to go look. This is what we did, you know. But you could have somebody that might not be so the other, as ballsy as you guys. Who you know the other bit way? then is is that the the only reason people won't be doing that is because they're hanging around with shit people. Like yeah, because yeah. actually if you've got like. I mean, fam- you can't no choose offense, family. Guys. Yeah, you can't choose <laughs> <laughs> everyone behind the camera now. <laughs> yeah. You can't choose your family. That's the difficult part. So yeah. if your family aren't supportive, That's the difficult part. Yeah, because if you if they're not family, support, okay. Yeah, no. Get rid of them too. Get rid of all your right family and my friends. My mom and dad have absolutely <laughs> smashed it. They've been like they were more support. I mean, you know, bearing in mind I'm living in the house. I'm in serious amounts of debt, and they're the ones going like, I think you should do it. Yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's amazing. You know, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I didn't have if I didn't have that, would I would I have been so like. Um, two feet in maybe not like I've got mm-hmm. great friends like that have always been like just I've met go. some of your friends like, I'm not sure that's yeah true. yeah but they're all as dumb as me so they just go just true. do it you know just do yeah. it yeah but, but <laughs> well, if, you, if, you've got, so. if you've got a circle of people that are uh, are constantly like well actually you think that's bad or if you do that you know that's going to happen or, that, that's that negative then maybe maybe you won't do it so it's the you've got to commit to it like to the point where you don't have anything else in your life for a few years like that's that's the reality of it uh, and you and if you've got a load of crap people around you then change the people you're around with maybe. yeah i really like that yeah and you know as well as i mean and, and and the idea of this episode as well is we probably should have said at the start but we're going to try and give a bit of an overview to all this stuff because we can get into lots and lots of detail it'd be really interesting to see what people actually would like us to talk more about but mm. yes yeah, c- certainly on, on that specific question um the i guess if you've absolutely got to commit to it and like i'd say you know follow your gut feeling and do it you'll always regret it i guess you know if you're 20 it's different than if you're 70 yeah. okay. so you need time to recover if it goes wrong mm-hmm. which it will go wrong and i think if you know it's going to go wrong and you learn from it protect the downside learn and and, and move on um and definitely agree with lee's point that if you're surrounded by negative friends just get new friends yeah. um because you will always find people to say, don't do stuff, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, you know, likewise as well, you also don't want to surround yourself just with people who are just, you just want you to kind of plough in naively and blindly on and kind of watch you sort of walk off a, a cliff and, yeah. you know, and kind of, because you do sometimes get that, sometimes people perhaps want you to fail and kind of encourage you into failure. You know, that that's a possibility as well. Yeah, and not in a real, really, not in a real yeah. malicious way, but I think sometimes people can get a bit, a, a bit jealous if they see yeah, you yeah. just doing something you really want to do, especially if it's something that they feel they can't do themselves. That maybe that's more of a, a British thing. It's thing di- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, it's, it's different yeah. in the US. No, it's different in the US. It's the same at home as well. You know, it's. I think it's. It's. I think it's everywhere to an extent. You know, especially if you're doing something like you said, somebody might be afraid to do, but they really want to do, and especially if you succeed in it, like you know, it's. 
It's but I think of, it's that thing, isn't it, as well? The do bit. What is that? So, like, you, the, the middle ground for this of this advice here is like, quit your job. Well, that's all right if you're young, maybe. But if, yeah. let's yeah. say, let's say it's you're, different if you're fifty say, or you've got yeah, kids. Yeah, let's say you're my yeah. age. You're, you're thirty-four and you've got two kids. You're married. You've got a mortgage. You know, it's and actually, you hate what you do, but you've got this amazing idea that you've been thinking of for the last two years. Well, if you can't quit your job because of what that's in, then. The, the next bit is you've still got to go two feet in. You've still got to stay up till two o'clock in the morning when you're home from work. You've still got to do that for a year until you can find out how you yeah. can then make the switch. Mm-hmm. The, the bit that people don't do is they go, well, I can't quit my job, so then I can't start it. But that's, that's bullshit. Really, that's really like, sad, you, though. You can do it. More you than can. It's just that you've got to like... sad, you know. It's like for them to think that, especially they do have a good idea, you know. Um, <laughs> I think one thing I will say as well is um, there's no good time to start a business. So generally this been you know i guess take it down to its really basic level either the timing is right or it's not if it's not right you've got to make it right if it is right everyone else is probably doing it so you never you never <laughs> need this good yeah for us certainly we were the first people to do it so we kind of made it a thing everyone else now is following a fairly well trodden path mm-hmm. and certainly our original invest you know investors in in the business back in 2014 didn't want us to do the protein bar uh, idea because it wasn't a thing you've got to try and make it good timing because there's just never a good time to start a business. So you have to just go for it or someone else will. Mm-hmm. Um, and to wrap up, what's you know in store for you guys in the future for Grenade and yourself, Lee? What? Do you, you want to go? Yeah, no, you, ca- you carry on. Whatever uh, you can tell us. Ours is, ours is the move to Electric House. So we're, we're currently on the, uh, the acquisition path of um, and growth path of more communities. Um to sit under electric house. So. And I think from my perspective, watching you grow as well and, and the brand and your team, it's really nice to actually see this happening and you learning and evolving and, and creating something, you know, from, from scratch. And then that's really exciting to see. So it's nice to meet these founders and you can actually, you know, get excited about their, their brands and their personalities and their stories as they do. So that's, that's going to be really exciting that's to watch. That's the nicest thing he's ever said to me. It's, it's, <laughs> I feel it's like crying. I've heard him say yeah, to you all day. Yeah, 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 we'll edit yeah. we'll that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think then, and from my perspective, I guess, it sounds a bit crap, but more of the same. I think, you know, right. we're, we're 10 years old next year. I, I say this a lot, but I feel we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're learning all the time. There's more great NPD coming out next year. Certainly we think we can still double the size of the business in the UK and then and beyond. We're in broadly 80 countries so certainly the us middle east loads more traveling loads more content creation really excited to see actually where the podcast goes to be honest because it's nice to meet inspirational people there's two nice things inspirational people <laughs> checking yeah, himself out says it just just you have to say not nine good things to yeah. balance out yeah. Yeah. yeah i've still got one irish accent left as well so we'll no, probably wrap up with two. that no 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 because we uh, yeah all right i'll yeah, well, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, we can let you, we can let you do an outro in the Irish accent before I do, right. it, and then I'll do one in my own. <laughs> okay, accent. we'll do we'll do one each. Okay, um, but no, I uh, yeah. So we're we're excited to do more of the same. Um, but guys, that's probably been a wrap. I think for mm. the pull the first pull the pin podcast. So hopefully you've learned something. It's doubtful if you learned anything at all, but I hope there's some gems in there. Plenty more to come. So please subscribe. And if the stuff you like, you don't like, please tell us in the comments. And we would like to try and create more stuff that people genuinely want to listen to. So that means not inviting these two back, but there'll be proper (laughs) guests in future. So I've been Alan Barrett. This is Marty and Lee. Thanks for listening. And if I'll do one more as well.
Thanks for listening to the very first Pearl de Pain <laughs> podcast with Marty and Lee and myself, Alan Barrett. I hope you've learned lots of stuff about the supplement industry and about business in general. See you soon. Woohoo! <laughs> the woohoo, what? <laughs> that was like, like very Super Mario Brothers. It's like an Irish version of like Miss Doubtfire. You go into like an old place. <laughs> <lady, laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's better than bloody Marty's English one he did, where I sounded like oh, a cockney from the 1920s. Oh, on, no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not opening anything up right now. That can of worms is staying yeah, firmly closed. Not. No way.